Sports Professor Rick Harrow, and we are on the record. Every week, this podcast will take you inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, the top deal-making issues, the top tech issues, and the top social responsibility issues, plus a blockbuster interview with someone who you might not have heard from in the world of sports, but having a profound effect on its impact. Let's get started. Sports Professor Riccardo inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, looking back at 2021 with a special edition, not only the top deal-making issues of the year, but the top tech issues and the top good sports issues. And speaking of good sports, the executive director of the Pop Warner Football League and cheer, John Butler, talking about the future of youth sports. What a great topic on the holidays. Got a lot to cover, so let's go. Deal-making issues 15 to 1. Number 15, the All Madden documentary, streamable January 3rd, following a year-long hype and preparation for that Christmas Day release. A big deal. Madden, 103-32-7 record, but he's known more for his game and a little bit of his playing. Number 14, the Seattle Krakens creation sparked new life for Seattle sports, potentially paving the way for Supersonic's return in the future. $650 million expansion fee, that's a small price to pay for the tremendous economic impact bringing hockey to Seattle. Number 13, the Braves win their first series in 25 years, breaking the drought after defeating the Houston Astros. The Braves' revenue increased $22 million, or about 10.4%, from $212 million during the corresponding third quarter of 2019. Now the issue, do we get to see baseball play anytime soon? Number 12, Milwaukee Bucks win the 2021 NBA championship. First one since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1971. Bucks able to lift the Larry O'Brien trophy for the first time in decades. And global viewership on NBA League Pass for the NBA playoffs was up 19% versus last season and 26% versus 2019. Number 11. Fantasy football made a roaring comeback this year. Over 21% more participation across ESPN leagues. High 21% this season compared to 2020. Expecting participation to at least maintain going forward, if not continuing to grow, gambling or not. Number 11. Number 10. Crypto.com rules 2021, inking numerous massive deals including purchasing the naming rights to the Staples Center for $700 million. Good for companies to do this. And the platform has inked high-visibility sponsorship deals, Formula One, UFC, Cydia A, Paris Saint-Germain, NHL's Montreal Canadiens, good for crypto.com. The marketing strategy and approach to get their name out there in every way possible should lead to a very, 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 very profitable few years, number 10. Number nine. NIL became a reality this year. Athletes finally be able to being able to profit off themselves and get what many call a fair share of the pie. High school athletes now talking about consideration with NIL. One football season under its belt. Travis Hunter choosing to go to Jackson State to play under Deion Sanders and to maximize his NIL earnings. Good to shake up the entire industry. And that's number nine. Number eight. Nevada, Illinois, Pennsylvania see record years for betting participation, showing that 22 could be right on track, while October's $1.1 billion 
a 40% uptick from the mark in Nevada. It isn't a new national high. The Jersey number even more staggering. Bottom line is get used to billions and billions. Hopefully, enough of this money goes to infrastructure. That's what everybody expects. That's eight. Number seven, sports betting in Louisiana and Connecticut get off to a blazing start. More states continue to pass betting legislation. For November, Connecticut reported $127 million total online sports betting, and DraftKings partnered with Foxwood Casino. FanDuel partnered with Mohegan Sun. Maryland, New York, and Ohio, all hot on the tails of sports betting becoming a prominent means to revenue in 2022. That's seven. Six, sports betting flourished generally in 2021. 2022 looks like it's going to be bigger. Look at the American Gaming Association. Revenue from states that allow gambling up 22% from the previous record of $11.1 billion in the third quarter. On the rebound, clearly, U.S. gambling revenue set to blow past the $44 billion record mark with 2022 continuing that trend. That's number six. Number five, NFL, NBA, UFC, and more leagues partnered with various betting companies for the first time. And the official league betting partners, for example, back in August, NFL announced its reached agreements with Fox Bet, Bet MGM, Points Bet, and win bet and sports betting becoming a namestay across various massive leagues, clearly showing the money to be made. And in fact, just this last week, deal valued at $350 million with the UFC. There is nothing that can't be done. Number four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions, and suddenly one of the most popular teams in the league again. The Buccaneers were featured in nine of the 31 most watched programs on TV this year. Super Bowl game with the Chiefs being the watch program all year. 91.6 million views. Mahomes and Brady clash, seen as the primetime entertainment. And last year, Brady led the league in merchandise sold. After that Super Bowl, more Brady merchandise than ever. And more on the way. That's number four. Number three, Colin Morikawa, a year to remember. Winning his second major title, the U.S. Open, and his dominant 2021 led to a dumbfounding $1,500 per shot plus his earnings breakdown. Huh, how about that? Morikawa, 25, not just burst onto the scene, but his $24 million earnings since turning pro just two short years ago shows his path is basically destined for greatness, partnered in earning much more money per event, and clearly on the right track. That's three. Number two. Major League Baseball not playing, but the field of dreams tradition sure to be set around the league for years to come. The movie-themed content averaged about 6 million viewers across TV and streaming. Good for the most watched regular season baseball game on Fox since 2005. The tradition will be big. Chicago-Cincinnati carrying it on next year, August 11, assuming there's baseball. Number one, NBA-NHL having formidable bounce-back seasons following 2020, marred by COVID. Adam Silver projects roughly $10 billion in revenue this season, notable increase from the last two seasons. NBA projecting 21 million fans. Thanksgiving game between the Cowboys and Raiders marked the highest-rated Turkey Day game since 1998. Remember the Manning cast? Look at the NHL revenues. And obviously, COVID continues, but the bounce back even bigger. That's 15 to 1, ladies and gentlemen. But we're not done. 
The interview this week is a special interview with a special friend, John Butler, the executive director of Pop Warner. By the way, in case you didn't know this, 8 to 10 million people are alums of Pop Warner cheer and football around the country. Many of the NFL players, 70%, played Pop Warner. There are 225,000 kids playing Pop Warner football this year. And maybe more important, just because it hasn't been publicized, about 100,000 girls in cheer competition. Pop Warner Little Scholars giving meaning to academic as well as on-field achievement. And a great friend and a great holiday interview, John Butler. 63rd Pop Warner Super Bowl, first at Universal. And it is a really interesting concept. I'll just tell you before I introduce John Butler, the executive director and good friend, when you drive on I-4 and you see all of the Pop Warner stuff plastered to Camping World Stadium, it brings a tear to everybody's eye that supports youth football and cheer, not, the, not at least to mention the kids. The architect of all of this, John Butler, how are you? Great, thanks. How can we not be great? And the way the weather is, the way the event's gone, got to be great. Well, and it's the first real significant return to youth sports post-COVID. It's been a difficult year, hasn't it? It has. I mean, we had last year, we had a a much smaller national cheer and dance championships and no football because most areas of the country, they weren't allowed to play. So it's just wonderful to have everybody out here. Um, I think we have record numbers and uh, it's been great. Let's put in perspective early on because people don't understand and will continue not to unless we hammer it. This is not just football. It's cheer. It's scholarship. Describe kind of the legs of the Pop Warner brand stool. Well, the the corporate name is Pop Warner Little Scholars. We're the only national youth sports program that requires satisfactory progress in school to participate in their chosen sport. And we recognize our top scholars with an academic All-American program, which are the only individual awards we allow. So we're very proud of that. And uh, we even have a study hall set up down here for the players. Give us an idea of the scope of the national kids on the cheer side as well as the football side. What's the ratio and what are the total number of participants every year? Um, In pre-COVID times, we don't have our final numbers from this year. Pre-COVID, we were about 225,000 football players, about 100,000 cheerleaders and dancers. And, and it's obviously it's, a, it's, a, it's an overlooked big deal. There's a lot of discussion, we'll get it out of the way, of the whole football too violent, you shouldn't have uh, uh, you know, young kids playing football. Let's just, let's just get that out of the way because of the history, and we all understand that's a big issue, but let's talk about it for a minute. Well, you know, we've made, we've actually led the way in terms of safety in uh, instituting new rules, reducing the amount of practice time for contact, um, reducing, uh, we're eliminating kickoffs at our youngest age groups, um, eliminating, pardon me, the three-point stance at our youngest age groups, and that will move up through the ranks. For instance, um, studies show that using a two-point stance, players receive, linemen receive, almost 50% fewer head contacts over the course of a season. Those are the kind of things that people need to understand as they go forward. And the bottom line of youth sports generally, football, cheer, uh, is it recovering as fast as you want it to? Is it recovering? Where are we going with it? Um, You know, we wondered for this event, you know, would people be prepared? Would they travel and 
we have a record number of cheerleaders. I mean, it's just incredible. And uh, football, we could have had a lot more, but our first year here at Camping World, we were concerned about um, overuse of facilities and stuff. So we will add to that in the future. And the, the, the goal is to perpetuate the brand. Uh, I'm wondering, but this is so important. Tell us a little bit about the longevity and derivation of the brand. Well, the, the organization has been around initially under a, a different name, but since 1929, uh, and in the 1930s, uh, adopted with his approval the name Pop Warner. The coach was then uh, at Temple University in Philadelphia. Um, so we're very proud of the name. Um, yes, there was a person, Pop Warner, which a lot of people don't realize. Um, he's one of the winningest coaches in college football. And, and obviously perpetuating this brand, uh, John Butler, who is not as old as Pop Warner, but you've been with the organization, a snapshot of kind of your history and involvement with the organization. Uh, it's now been 30 years, which amazes even me. But, uh, uh, you know, it's never dull, I will say that. It's, uh, it's been great. We have a, just a huge, tremendous group of volunteers, and they're helping with this event, too. So 42%? I don't remember, and that's my math is bad. Of the life of Pop Warner, you've actually been at the helm or being involved. Is that correct? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I was the first non-family mem- member uh, from the Tomlin family to, uh, to head up the organization. So uh, just home stretch now. Uh, the idea of, of Pop Warner and youth football and youth cheer and getting kids involved, we hear so many success stories, but not about the money it's about sustaining the brand but anecdotally what do people take away from their pop warner experience first of all how many alums if you can define it generally and what do you hear when they talk to you about why pop warner's experience was so important well and and by the estimate of the nfl players association about 65 or 70 percent of current former nfl players started in pop warner Um, but i think the real value is you know, there's obviously the majority of these kids are not going to play in the NFL, but football teaches value, values, and, and so does cheerleading. But particularly in football, I, I tell people all the time, at the youth level, it's probably the only sport where all 11 people have to do their job every play. You can't uh, run an isolation play like you can in basketball. You know, you don't have a star pitcher. Um, so everybody's got to do their job. So it's discipline, determination, dealing with adversity, teamwork, all those things. Well, it, it's, it's on the field for those kids, but it's also for you and your staff through the pandemic. Uh, finally, John Butler, project ahead to the next three to five years. Get that crystal ball you never like me to ask about, but where is the organization and where is youth football and youth cheer? Well, I think youth football and youth cheer um, will be fine. I think there, some of the pressures that came up a few years ago, uh, the injuries were disproven. Um, so we, you know, we've got good data showing that uh, our injury rate is extremely low, uh, which we're very proud of. And uh, you know, there's no reason for parents to be hesitant. That's for sure. We're going to try to expand our flag football program. Um, and we're looking at cheer and in the different avenues, different types of cheer also. Well, John Butler gives us a lot of perspective on Pop Warner and a great interview to transition between the top 15 deal-making issues of the week and the top good sports 
issues of the week. Let's take them out of order just because it is the holiday. They deserve to come before tech because in many ways it should. Number five, the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium. The small businesses were the focal point following the pandemic. No better time to give them the spotlight. The bottom line is that a significant economic impact with the NFL directly helping and setting a model for next year. Number four, MLB's inaugural draft combine held this year. Sabermetrics at the forefront. The draft combine in June in Cary, North Carolina. The numbers carry the day. Remember Moneyball. But the bottom line is we now have more of a focus on off-field activities than ever before. Number three. NFL continues to improve their health and safety side to football, millions being spent on pain management, head injury studies, and player safety. The second phase of the process for concussion protocol began in August. Earlier this month, the NFL reported having exceeded its goal of artificial intelligence outperforming humans. I can tell you that's inevitable. That's number three. Number two. Brandon Moreno became the first Mexican-born UFC champion and continues to hold that title. The assassin baby earned about 282000 from his second fight, more than a fifth of his career earnings, the second fight between uh, he and uh, Devesion Figueiredo. 2022 looks to be a huge year for the Tijuana-born champion. And finally, number one on the good sports list, the baseball season was the year of show-high Otani, Otani, you don't need to know that, at 27, first ever player selected to pitch and hit in an all-star game, inspiring millions of kids from his home country every step of the way. And then finally, we're going to end with the top tech issues of the year, five to one. Number five, Manning Cast. Manning Cast dominates Monday Night Football assuring a return and a beefed-up schedule next season. Whether the league decides to introduce more alternate casts in the future remains to be seen, but, for example, Manning cast accounted for about 13.1% of total viewership for the Week 11 game between the Giants and the Bucks. One thing's for sure, Manning cast here to stay and a great pioneer content opportunity. That's five. Number four, Amazon rides shotgun with Formula One. AWS, an integral role in the flow and performance of the season. Formula One previously toyed with the idea of reverse grids and anticipated what could have been for the racing product through its simulations before any proposal was done. And the bottom line is Formula One, very significant. And one of the big issues about it is because of what they've heard about the sponsorship and the technical aspects. That's four. Number three. The Olympics saw all sorts of new tech being showcased. Omega's data collection using a sensor, TrackMan's baseball technology took center stage. The technology on display was truly next level. Dozens of products on the market, for example, Swiss, Swiss, Swiss watchmaker Omega, collecting all athlete data throughout the games using a small sensor attached to athlete shirts, analyzing roughly 2,000 sets of data per second. Number three. Number two, NFL partnering with Apple, potentially, as soon as 2023. Their partnerships with Amazon and ESPN may be not what they're looking for in certain ways going forward, but Amazon throwing their hat in the ring, attempting to purchase a 29% stake in 
the company that follows Sunday Ticket and relationship between themselves and the NFL goes back years, including Amazon Web Services providing the computing power for NFL's next-gen stats starting in 2015 and Amazon in its fifth season of streaming Thursday night games on a non-exclusive basis. That's two. Finally, the number one tech issue of the year, NFTs, leagues, athletes, various companies, have put a huge emphasis on non-fungible tokens, from Roger Staubach's Hail Mary throw to Drew Pearson Noam Osaka's individual NFT line. The market exploding for NFTs this year. Maverick star Luka Doncic's one-handed slam dunk against the Nuggets, March 11, 2020, sold for $95,000 in April. Even fantasy soccer company So Rare raised $680 million worth of a Series B funding to further expand their NFT catalog. That's clearly number one. Look, you can agree or disagree on any of these 25 issues, but the bottom line is last year when the Rudy Gobert Thunder Jazz shutdown on March 11 of 2020 basically closed sports, we didn't know how we're going to come back. And we did. And we did even bigger or better than ever. And the $1.3 trillion business of sports lost about 40% of its revenue during the darkest days. And it is back with the vengeance, learning consistency, stability, and a whole host of other things. A shameless plug coming out with the second edition of the Sport Business Handbook early in 2022. Something to look forward to. Many of the industry leaders talking about what they've learned from the pandemic that will help in the next 50 years looking at the previous 50 years as a foundation. But I know one thing, sports continues to be bigger and better than ever and will continue to do so. I'd like to thank Nick Nielsen for helping us put this together, John Butler for his usual spirit and interview. I'd like to thank all of you for listening and watching during 2021. Back in Aveng- with a vengeance next week, looking forward to the biggest stories in 2022. I'm the sports professor, Rick Haro. Speak with you soon.